Hello, everybody, and welcome to the seventh episode of HSBG Podcast. I'm your host, Collins, here with Shady Bunny. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. How are I feel you like this week, Mr. Collins. I feel like I say this intro like every time. You know, hey, hi, hello, Shady's here. We <laughs> <laughs> gotta have some routine, right? Yeah, but uh, it's good to have you here. It's been a interesting week a lot of things going on uh in the hearthstone scene but let's get right into it with the first topic the overview of battlegrounds this week for me i've been playing a little bit um just kind of you know trying the new stuff it's kind of been very similar uh with the past weeks just just hasn't been too many like meta shifts i would say this week or so but just been playing a lot of the heroes i i've been you know just playing the fun stuff at least for me so a lot of uh a lot of cleaves <laughs> a lot of dragons that kind of thing it's been going generally well i, I would say how about you say i'm just having a great time with the game still i've uh i feel like comfortable on 14k now it's been now you know a couple of weeks ago i would get 13 and then i just like hover around but i wouldn't right. bounce all the way back it's the same thing now where i'm just like 200 up 200 down just you know going in between i know that life you know it's yeah right you feel like oh I'm, i belong here now right? it's like okay it wasn't just you know like i may have struck up there and then i fell down but, uh you had an amazing game this morning where the game just kept giving me more caligos so i played five caligos and that was, yeah. that was good that was never good. enough you know that's how yeah, i feel it was like, well, okay i'll take another one Bob. okay sure was actually like maybe holding the other one because i have to sell like an average amalgam for it the chat was like oh people riot you have to play the fifth one yeah, yeah. Uh, sometimes yeah, i'm like terrible. do i want fifth amalgadon or first nadina you know that's me like, which yeah, like Kelly, right? yeah, for sure. <laughs> yeah. those kind of games yeah overall uh great fun lots of uh lots of fun with the game for sure sounds good Going right into the topics, the card we'll be discussing for the minions this week is Cave Hydra. Now, I think Cave Hydra is a interesting minion, just kind of polarizing. Just cut. Uh, volume is a little low. Sorry. My volume's a little low. No, my volume apparently is too low. Okay, I can uh, see if I can raise you up. Yeah, sorry. It's just. I mean, I can check my microphone as well, but I'm pretty sure I haven't changed any of my settings. Do, do, do. Live recording, ladies and gentlemen. Live recording. Yeah, usually we don't have these issues, you know. But yeah, sometimes <laughs> yeah. I have. Oh, we got a live audience here to tell us uh, when the tech is. Is that louder or no? Hello. It's oh, it's, oh, oh, yeah, yeah. I got okay. I got it. All right, excellent. This should be better. Now we can get down to business. Yeah. Anyways, Cave Hydra. Da 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 da. Uh, <laughs> I think Cave Hydra is interesting because there are some um, situations where you pick this up and it's really good for you. It really depends on the hero uh, that you pick up. If you have heroes that can buff uh, stats manually, things like that, right? You can just pick it up, start buffing it manually, and be good to go. Another times, if you're in, if you have the right composition, Nadri works well. If you have Brand Light Fang, right? Having a Cave Hydra really does a lot of work, especially to the mid to late game when it has you know a ten. You know, plus attack, you can really cleave, kill three minions off at one. 
Uh, really nice is if you kill multiple minions and it's still alive, you can get that extra cleave going. But um, generally, that doesn't always happen. That's not always the case. So uh, if you're just picking up randomly, you don't have any way of buffing it. No transitional pieces. You're not going beast or anything like that. It just kind of feels... Uh, a little weak at the 2-4 cleave, which sometimes, you know, does something, but once you get past the early game, it really does falls off really hard. So you have to know when to pick this hero up. You have to, not this minion up, you have to know, oh, will I be able to form a composition around it? Will I be able to make it stronger? Things like that. Because if you don't make it stronger, it really isn't a minion at all. So it's one of those interesting minions that requires a bit of thought. Uh, sometimes when you pick it up, can I utilize it well? Uh, or is it just like a waste of gold? I think most of the time this minion's a waste of gold, but damn, when it's up, damn, it's very... son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I'll put it this way: most of the time, when I feel like my chat would buy it, it would be a waste of gold just because it's. We love Hydra. Hydra's so strong. Oh my god! You could find a brand later on. Just pick it now. We can make it huge, right? But it's uh, it's one of those cards that you don't take until you have the engine, right? If you don't have the brand, if you don't have the Light Fang. Um, sometimes I, I guess on Mukla it's fine where the way I like to play Mukla is I like to arrive at tier four when I have say six bananas ready to go. So then of course when you open it, it's instantly an eight damage cleave, if not more with your, usually it'll be a 10 damage cleave because I'll hear a power on the turn as well. So there are some exceptions, right? You can hit, uh, Rekanishu, right? Rekanishu can hit the Hydra, but if there's no engine, if you can't immediately boost the attack quite a bit, then... It's just a 2-4 and it just doesn't do anything. So it's one of those things where you don't buy the furniture be before you have the house, right? The house being hey, the brand. Of get the furniture. Let's go. Get it anyway. You know, believe in the house. Just sleep on <laughs> it, you know. It, it will carry you theoretically, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it's true, right? As a 2-4, it really doesn't do, do a lot. I think it's one of those cards... Uh, when you're just starting out, you tend to be like, oh, this is amazing. Oh, it's always, it's the cleave, so good, right? But then the more you play, you kind of realize, ah, 2-4 doesn't actually do that much. You know, it doesn't save you from losing, really. But it's when it, it has that early buffs, right? That's some, sometimes you see people buy this and buy, like, a, a Houndmaster to make it a 4-6 super early. And you're like, ah, but you're taunting it. But they know that, oh... As a 2-4, it's going to do nothing. And as a 4-6, uh, it might do nothing, but it might be able to cleave something. And then even though it dies immediately, it'd still be more valuable than the 2-4 cleave. So yeah. I, I, I see that I feel, sometimes. I feel these days on Tier 4, you, I don't know in what circumstance I would want to settle for Cave Hydra Houndmaster. Nah. Yeah, sure. Like I'm not saying... No, it's fair. It's fair. You know, <laughs> this is the optimal line. I'm just saying, like, I guess that's why maybe the cards, the average power level changed, right? They introduced stuff like Harbinger. When Harbinger is a card on tier four, you'd be like, you know, what are you, what are you buying a Hydra for? Sometimes you get an early three, early four, and Hydra's the best option, you know? That's, that happens sometimes, probably. <laughs> a rough game ahead, yeah. Sure. yeah you, you take your last roll, right? You're down to three gold. You're like, well, this is the shop bar I have to buy. And it's all Hydra, so you're just like, Bob! <laughs> it happens sometimes. You know, <laughs> these, these, these situations are not new. So, sure, uh, you can get first into that. Yeah, not, not, um, not a card you should always take. A card you definitely have to be aware of the situation and your game plan when you pick it up. 
but can be really good, right? We've always we've all seen, you know, twenty plus, thirty plus attack hydras just destroying your whole board, and you're just like, yeah, and that, and especially when they don't have taunt, and they're just like, oh, I'm coming in for round two, and you're just like, how did I lose this game? How did I lose this match? Only the hydra was the only relevant minion on this board, and it just so was my thing. I've had that happen yeah. a couple of times, so yeah, uh, can be good, but you have to be careful. Yeah. And there's the obvious, like, I have Goldrin Macaw, then Cave Rider is pretty much the best beast above. Yeah. yeah. That's how you beat shields, right? You get three shields off. Yeah. And in, um, in Beast Calm, this is a really, really powerful card because you're getting those stats immediately. So uh, even when it starts at 2 4 and get that Goldrin Baron buff, boom, it's big boy. It's a, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's a, it's a nice one. So. Um, that's generally our thoughts on Cave Hydra. Def- definitely something you should play when you have the right opportunities for it, but not something you should always pick up instantly. It will uh, it will uh, hurt you more than it will help you probably if you pick it up every time. So, yeah. Next uh, next card we're talking about, next hero we're talking about will be Alakir. You know, speaking of uh, minions that do well with uh, a, a hero power a, a hero power that can utilize it you know cave hydra definitely if you can buff it up give that divine shield wind fury on on a hydra Ooh, i've i've seen that happen and it hurts every time i see it so yeah uh definitely a hero that can utilize cleaves and, and things like that but this is more uh of an early game hero i would say in that it's it's tough to lose early not that you can't lose i mean there are other heroes that can definitely whip you uh in the early game but generally having the divine shield uh value has a lot of uh, benefits uh in mitigating damage in the early game and there are also ways to utilize it in the mid to late game as well right being able wind fury has value sometimes taunt has value sometimes uh divine shield pretty much always has value it's kind of hard to uh, create a situation where you don't want that divine shield in in, in the beginning. So, um, it 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 has a lot of uh, unique effects that other heroes don't have access to, but can be utilized, especially in the early game. Uh, sometimes in the mid game, sometimes in the late game as well. Yep. Yeah, I, I don't often die to mid game here, but when I do, a large hydra is involved for sure. Or I just chunks your entire board and you're like well taking 18 damage on i don't know what is this 10 gold or something because there's alec here just solo my board with the hydro um yeah overall i would say this is sort of the definition of just okay hero just like all right just you know you're never going to have sometimes you have a hero where you say oh i didn't have a hero power this game i didn't get to use it i didn't find anything good to synergize with my hero power Alakir never has that. It's always there. You know, you're pretty much starting with five extra health. Like you said, you just don't lose early. You, you know, the amount of times I take alley cats and I'm just like, yep, five extra health because of the mind shield, baby. Right. The alley cats, the alley cats till like they have uh, the 2 2 reborn Acolyte of Cthulhu. You're like, no problem. The mind shield alley cats still ties that. So that, that's nice. <clears throat> I'd say Alakir is one of the heroes that can power level pretty decently uh, if it's a good lobby to power level. Which for me is mechs and dragons. Mechs and dragons for me have the probably the best three drops to stabilize with. So you go fast tier three, and then you just put a decent minion in position one. And sometimes you start stabilizing on six gold already, where 
you would power level on five gold, you go to tier three. And then on six gold, you find, say, an arm or, you know, like a clunker and a sensei. And you just go like, all right, sensei, clunker, boom, four, four with divine shield, wind fury. And you just start tying already. And then you start winning next round. So it's one of those heroes that can power level efficiently because the hero power is a little pick me up. Yeah. Another thing I like to do with Akira is just beasts, you know, since Macaw is probably, I would say probably the best composition to run with this hero just because you're getting the uh, the golden buff twice, right? So if you have like a golden Macaw, you have a golden, you know, anything really, you're getting so much extra value that other heroes wouldn't be able to replicate. So um, it the difficult part is getting that composition, right? Getting that golden and then, yeah. you know, having all and being safe and all that stuff. But if you can pull off the Macaw golden composition with this and getting that, uh, that safety net, it, it, it really does a lot of work. So that's, that's generally, you know, a minion type I like to look for when I'm picking this hero. If beasts are in the lobby, right? It opens up that possibility. Uh, so I, I do like looking for that when I'm picking this hero, but generally I still think it's a pretty good early safe hero. If, if there aren't any, um, you know, power picks in, in your options, then you can always pick this up and, and just hope to, uh, you know, at least go for a good mid game or something like that where you can try to a top four or so. And if you get lucky, do a little bit better. So I do think it's it's a pickable hero. Definitely play with it uh quite a bit and you know sometimes it doesn't work out right some people can easily have advantages or both than the divine shield but uh it, it should be able to get you into some place where you can at least have a chance of of doing something yeah the macaw spawn early is usually if i'm gonna get gold run online that's that's how it happens where yeah right Somehow I just pick a spawn where I didn't power level. Let's say I get Sarlas can spawn in the same shop, and I'm just okay, that's cool. And then on eight gold, you open a macaw, and you're like, oh, cool. Okay, now I have macaw with Wind Fury, Divine Shield, and then a spawn on the same board. And then you just pick up another bird, and you're like, hmm, I'm pretty healthy. I can probably tear up the five to grab a six trap. Oh, look, it's a golden. And then that's usually how the comp comes online for me if, if I end up in that comp. Um, I would, I'd say the number one piece of advice, uh, at least for myself, that really upped my Alakiri game is try to have a Murloc on your board. And then on tier four, if you hit a Toxfin, suddenly Murloc goes into position one, Toxfin on the Murloc. You now have a Poison, Wind, Fury, Divine Shield, Murloc. That's pretty much kill two things in the mid game. And in the mid game, people oftentimes just focus stats and they have big taunt, uh, right? Some people might... Have a golden wrath weaver taunted and you just go like <laughs> just 20 dead 20 health wrath weaver but dead and then just kill another thing um that, that happens quite often for me with alakir and i'd say the games where i didn't do well is like ah oh, damn i didn't have a murloc i can play the toxin um, <laughs> then you just have six units and you have your 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 number one guy which is gonna kill two things or at the very least pop a shield and kill a thing which is still quite efficient yeah that's always um I think that's always a really good mid to late game play, right? Getting a poison um, Murloc in, in the front, right? And and being able to kill too. So I do like that. I think that's a very good uh, suggestion. If you can uh, end uh, like in, in the mid game or more like the late game or mid to late game, if you can end your board with uh, a poison Murloc, that really can be the difference maker in, in some matchups. So. Uh, definitely a good suggestion there to utilize his hero power very, very well. 
but yeah that's um that's going to be our topic for the heroes moving on our next topic will be an updated discussion on baron blasphemy it's been in the meta now for a couple of weeks uh so i think it's good to really uh really go over this uh, minion again i see the shady's emotions are <laughs> quite visible <laughs> if you want to start us off here feel free I hate it. I absolutely hate the card. <laughs> I want it gone. I want it dead, buried, forgotten, just traumas. I have so many games where I just feel like I don't get to play the game because I took 18 damage from someone that power leveled and got one or two of these copies. It's just ridiculous. Or it's happened a couple of times now where Arena will just hero power it and we're just taking obscene amounts of damage because nothing is dying right everything gets plus four plus four it the blacksmith itself is not gonna die and it's not taunted so that's an extra three stars on the board it's just whew, it's brutal so many of my games i just feel like i'm forced into not playing for number one anymore because i had an early encounter with someone that power leveled and got a blacksmith it's the same thing for me when i power level and i see a blacksmith i'm like oh, well let's let's just cheese some people the reason why I say power level, it's people aren't playing around it yet, right? Let's say you power level on five gold and on six gold, you hit a blacksmith. There's just, it's so incredibly unlikely that it's not going to go off. It's pretty much guaranteed. Let's say at eight gold, eight, nine gold, that's maybe when, you know, you consistently start running into stuff where it's not popping off, but it finds acolytes. You're pretty much like selling your acolytes out of fear that you're going to get blacksmith. Yeah, it's just it. The, the inherent design feels very off because it's not an OP card by any means, but it has this very limited window into the game where it ends games for people. And I feel like it's just very unfun to play against. Like, let's say a power leveler hits this blacksmith, the next two opponents, their game is quasi over because they take an unreasonable amount of damage this early on in the game. And then the um, the card after that becomes kind of useless, right? Where you have those two, three turns of glory and then throw it in the trash. And if you want to buy it, there's always that inherent risk, oh, it might not do anything. So it's not even that it's consistently OP, it's just this flip a coin thing which introduces even more variance into the game. Like, the, the, the worst feeling is you literally have two taunts, right? One will kill it and one won't. <laughs> and it's like, well, okay, 50% to take a crap load of damage, I guess. It, it feels so awful. Like, it's literally a coin flip at that point. So yeah, it's just overall a feel-bad card. Destroys your game if you get hit by it early. Yeah, not a fan whatsoever. All right. Now, my opinion, I love no. <laughs> <laughs> This is why everyone should take as many black as they uh, I, 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 I maybe not as uh, you know opinionated, I guess. Yeah, yeah passionate yeah. about this, but You're I do. Like, I've been jamming ten hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I do think uh, it does. It does coin flip some um, some matchups. Um, there's definitely been some times where. Uh, I'll see my opponent have it, and, uh, you know, I won't have any taunts, and I'll, I'll have, like, f four minions that will kill it, three minions that will, right? If it if it hits the minion and it, it dies, then I win the battle. If it doesn't hit the minion, I take 16, right? Those, yeah. you know, those are the options. And it's just like, huh, 
Okay, well now my game is over because I lost a, I lost a you know maybe like the sixty percenter in like turn turn six turn seven right like now I'm in single digits or maybe I'm like ten ten to twenty HP and I can't like play aggressive or something I can't play for first really because any that one turn of weakness might be too much so um, it's one of those minions that can really warp your own gameplay while not changing anyone else's gameplay right if you're the unlucky uh person that fights you know the 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 leveler during that one or two turns that can really punish you then you're basically behind the rest of the game right and you have to recover while everyone else doesn't deal with that problem right no one no one else is fighting that dude it's just you specifically you know F you in particular, <laughs> says the game, right? You're fighting yeah. him. And then everyone else is like, oh, what's the problem? I I, I dealt with it really well. And it's like, yeah, that the, the window is over. Now it doesn't work as well. He sold it, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it just it just adds um if they and it's in every game, right? It's one one it's the same thing, right? It's not something you can avoid or play around, right? Because you're always gonna see yeah. it. Um and it's it's just one of those windows where, oh, are you are you losing like two fifty fifties or or losing two percentage points where one you're fighting him in that window and then you're losing the RNG of the attacks or you you're running a taunt uh, that can't deal with it and then oh okay the game's over for you you have to play it for maybe top five or something like that now so uh, it 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 it's an interesting card um, I I always think how do you make you know things strong and fun. You know, or or not frustrating for specific people, right? This is not one of those cards. I, I we I mean we kinda talked about it when it was being revealed that it might be one of those cards that uh you know warps the meta, might not be uh be very hit or miss, right, for some people, right? And you're you know, Shay's definitely been in the brunt of it being the one who's <laughs> who's getting that who's getting those hits and then is feeling they feeling the pressure there. Um I don't know necessarily what to do with this card to kind of make it um a little bit better if not outright remove it uh but it is one of those cards that um you know it's not the only one that has those type of issues those type of problems but it's definitely been the most recent one and one of the more swingy ones especially like the earlier the earlier um that cards do things this kind of it this isn't like this isn't a one-to-one comparison but it reminds me of um the 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 three drop that could change into any card. I don't you Zarus. Zarus, yeah. It reminds me of Zarus, right? Where oh, do you did you hit like a full Reaper turn turn five? Ah, you, you, <laughs> you go, the game's done. You know. Yeah. Th- this one's a little bit better because you're affecting your opponent instead of affecting yourself, right? Where like you're not having like a random gas curler and then oh you've won the game already. Like it's you know, or a random Kelly goes, Oh, you've won the game already. It's like Hi, I'm gonna screw over someone else, you know, instead of just winning the game. It kind of reminds me of that, where it feels a little bit unfun if you're on the receiving end. Uh, you know, fun if you're the if you're the the one with the free foe, <laughs> but unfun <laughs> if if uh, if you're just you're playing a regular game. Your opponent has a full reaper. They're like tavern two, and you're just like, huh? How did that happen? Oh yeah, oh yeah. They had a they had they hit those errors, that kind of thing, um, but. Uh, I, I don't know what to do with it. You know, some people say remove it. Some people say adjusting. Adjusting can be hard, right? Because you still have to make it a, a pickable card. You don't want to, like, neuter it to where it can't do anything at all. But 
remove uh, i don't know it feels like the whole frenzy mechanic just doesn't make sense well it's it's the only frenzy mechanic we have right so um you, you know there, there's design space left right sure. this is the first one being introduced right i feel like you don't want to have like a super big effect attached to frenzy because there's Okay, so BGs, it's already pretty random where you guys are going to hit. But at least you can look at a comp and sort of evaluate the strength and say, okay, this is going to win most of the time. But if most of the fights are going to come down to, well, you know, obviously we're going to have to see if the frenzy minion goes off, because if it goes off, then obviously the other guy is totally fucked, right? It's I don't basically think that's a gas coiler. <laughs> right. Well, gas coiler. Well, six drop, first of all. And, and yeah, enough. gas coiler can, like, especially when there's Baron, you're like, oh, God, oh, God, not five boats, right? It's just yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, you, you can die, right? For yeah. sure. You can... there, there's, there, uh, there's, like, every BG player that's played quite a bit has that fear when you just see a board and it's like four minions and it's like two chads and a taunted steeds and you're like oh my god no don't kill me like this is just i'm either gonna die or it's gonna be nothing right depending <laughs> on the side of the sneeze or if you can somehow you know the chads die before the sneeze yeah it it definitely has that feel to it where you just you look at that card and you're like well all depends on if the card lives or dies so that's that's why it feels like frenzy is so awkward where it's it's so obvious that you see the minion on the board and that's just what's going to determine the fight. So if it ha if it was a very mild effect, then obviously it wouldn't have that impact, right? Yeah, uh, I do think like um, well static cards with like you know decent effects, not game swinging effects, is pretty good for frenzy, right? Like let's say it had like a bomb effect on frenzy, like okay, like. Whatever, it's a bomb. Sure, like an upside, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if you need to restat it or whatnot, like sure, but just have it be a nice little ooh, I get the frenzy, right? Yeah. <laughs> Not so much like oh, my golden spawn on my board and it yeah. spawns you back. And it's, damage, right? it's just like it shouldn't be like that. Like oh, completely shitting on the. <laughs> this one card wins me the whole fights for the next three yeah. turns. You know whether it hits or not. You know, yeah, that's. That's probably where it starts becoming problematic and unfun for the people involved because it feels like there's, especially early, it's hard to have counterplay early in the game, right? So the earlier you you introduce like super RNG effects, right? The the harder it is to counterplay, right? Gas curler, right? You can you know it, it's late enough where you can start like finding pieces to try to deal, finding zaps and and things like that to deal. But uh, earlier on, right, you're kind of just like scrambling for a decent board a decent comp and even if you know they have a blacksmith sometimes you still can't deal with it like let's say hey your opponent has a blacksmith like it tells you you know when before yeah. like you still like there'll be some like a lot of turns where you're like well okay now i know i'm gonna take 16 okay let's, you know like it doesn't change what you do because it's too early in the game to to find a counter a counter piece so it just it's just uh it's just tough to deal with and and it's hard to balance because of how uh swingy and um hit or miss the effect is uh for the this particular frenzy minion but that's just our updated discussion about this card not um not fun to play with uh and uh it can cause some frustrations for people that that play a lot and deal with this card on a daily so definitely wanted to throw that out there here uh Moving on, you have any any final, you know, little like I'll remove this card. 
<laughs> I guess if you were to throw a comparison out for the limited experience I've had so far in the game, in the spell meta, you would just have this thing, all right, well, it's eight gold. Let's see if he has two Eliza's, right? And, and it feels like this, like where it's like, oh, okay. Whoever is fighting the guy with the two Eliza's is just dead. You know, you didn't get to play the game because turn eight, you got such a big swing. It, it feels similarly to if, if you have someone with two blacksmiths earlier, it's like, oh, okay, sure. I don't get to play the game. Only this is even earlier on turn eight. Yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Next topic, we shall be continuing our discussion on the best tier units of each, you know, tavern tier. We're at third tavern three. We're halfway there, theoretically, until we get to the, the dreaded tavern seven unit. Oh, no. You know, but... Uh, I just put a couple of uh, tier threes that uh, I think are unique enough to warrant some type of discussion, but I think there there are a lot of tavern threes that have some potential in the meta right now. Just uh, uh, these are kind of my current you know thoughts. Just like not all of them, but I, I think in terms of just like a pure stat bot, Bronze Warden kind of takes the cake as you 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 pick it up and you're like yeah this is gonna keep me alive I, I you know i didn't put baron blacksmith in here because you know it's it's yeah, right already. before you know we were just talked about it i felt like ah it already it's already getting its own separate discussion let's let's leave it out here but definitely that one can fit if you get it early it can definitely be uh the swinger for you too so i do want to mention that as well but there are a lot of like little good this is why people like leveling um to three early if if mechs and uh, dragons are in right because you can hit you can hit deflecto you can hit iron sensei you can hit uh bronze ward and you can hit hank i was considering putting hank in here but i knew shady would, would look at me weird <laughs> yeah, it's like an arm but it's got one less health and it doesn't buff the attack yeah, of time I mean, so you just you just gotta win you know hank That's is so good you. you know just be better than your opponent <laughs> But yeah, you know, it's it's in there. Uh, there's also, you know, Murloc synergies if you really want to commit to Murlocs early uh, and things like that. There's a lot of Divine Shield units on three that you could utilize uh, to stabilize. Arm obviously has value. You can make cult compositions with Arm. Cadgar is one of those uh, minions that don't doesn't really or doesn't usually uh, feel strong early. But if you have the right compositions, if you're playing, you know, Jandis, if you're playing Scam, Pirate Scam, right, it could really be the key piece to uh, make your composition feel strong and work out. So uh, I wanted to throw it in there, not as a like a temple unit, but one of those like unique core three jobs that doesn't have a replacement, right? You can't really replace a Cadgar with anything else in the game. I mean, sometimes Baron. But, you yeah. know, why not have both <laughs> if you're going to do that? So, uh, yeah. Um, any any other uh, thoughts on these ones and any, any other uh, ones you want to talk about? I still have some in my head that, oh, this also works. This is also yeah, a really sure. good one. So I, I, I'd i say one of the cards that's a bit overrated is the, God, I always call it a whirly, but it's the elemental, the 4-1. Uh, the 4-1. Yeah. Um, the name eludes me right now, but crackling cyclone. Yeah, cyclone. Yeah. So that one goes one for one with uh, an acolyte. Just to throw that out there. So that happens a lot where people like get the cyclone. Like, hey, let's throw it in the front. Let's 
go in there and wreck some four fours. I'm just going to hit two four fours, right? That's what's going to happen. I'm just going to, and then it just goes into a little acolyte, like hit it once, hit it twice. Boom, so boom, I would boom. say don't put it in the front. That's yeah. Don't put it in front. That's, that's, that's a good my, start. Yeah. That's my adjustment. But even then there, there's, there's like ritualists. So there's still like, there's a decent amount of small towns out there. So, and then if you put it too far back, then it's going to start bumping into a token, right? And yeah. Then one spawn. So, yeah, it feels like a bit of an overhyped early game card. Um, obviously, it's great if you have some scaling, if you're Cthulhu or whatnot. And sure, it, it's pretty much a Deflecto at that point until you get resets. But yeah, Deflecto's great. Bronze Warden's great. Love Arm. Arm's another thing with Alakir. That's a small little thing where right. Alakir will give your first position Divine Shield taunt. Put that, put that Cave Hydra first. Get, the, get that, <laughs> yeah, get turns that out Arm buff, <laughs> <laughs> Turns out Arm kind of likes the Vine Shield. Uh, no, Sensei is another one, right? Especially if you're rushing three, it's it's so good. You open that double Sensei's drop, you just go, oh, baby. Just now, now you're speaking my language. Started. It's basically <laughs> Hank, you know. Yeah, it's like Hank, <laughs> guaranteed. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking about like tier three, is there anything specific? So the Murloc stuff is usually a whiff, right? When you hit the early. Yeah. Then beast stuff, not really. Yeah, it's it's really the mechs and the dragons that stand demons out. Demons as well. I wanted to mention. Mm. So the devourer is one of the reasons we we talked about it with Hoppa yeah. on uh, last week's show. It's it's so free, right? It's one of those cards where if you have a demon on the board, just like ooh, now I can just level and buy it anyway, and then I'm strong, right? I, I gain some stats, and I can still get the level. So that's indeed one of the better ones. And and juggler as well, right? If you get two imprisoners or, or whatever, you you see a random juggler, you're like, okay, I've I've won the early game, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. Yeah. Where it, it it frees you to either, you know, heavy commit or go a little bit aggressive and just like not worry about taking too much damage because you know the juggler imprisoner combo is going to reduce a lot of health that you might be taking otherwise. So. I do think the demons are also another thing you want to uh, consider, especially if you start with demon synergy uh, right off the bat. Yeah. I think in a current meta, it's it's pretty much just like arm takes the cake for sure, where at least for me, where that's one of the most influential three mana cards or three gold cards, where if you, or tier three cards, I suppose, where you see them, you see an arm in the shop and it's like, ooh, okay, cool. You know, I could just take that. And, and it's been... It's so good that I've played uh, arm and just non-arm comps where I just I had this was this was actually so silly. I had a first place game, uh, I think yesterday or so, where I had two arms and I had the option to play two light fangs, and I had a decent spread, but the, the arms were just better because I would just farm more attack. I had a I had a battle master, and I had a Bronze Warden, both taunted. And I had the option of just going to Light Fangs. It's just like, it's just worse, right? <laughs> it's just, I farm so much more attack and like the health doesn't really matter that much on a dragon. And uh, the BM, especially once it, once it gets so much HP, you just want to farm more attack on it. So that, that was one of those weird moments where it just hit me that as long as you just have, say, a module or you fabricate your own divine shield taunt you can play pretty much any comp and just have arm plus your taunts on the side so that's when it really hit me like oh man this unit it's, it's actually pretty damn versatile just to kind of hit a module pretty much 
Okay, yeah, that's what it was. It was games I'll be watching with disgust. But I can see the logic there. Yes, it makes sense. But it depends on who you're the, playing against. Obviously, you know, if I have the choice between two light things and two arms, most games involve two light things. But the fact that it was just on the board where I said, hmm, it's actually just better to have the armor because the BMO uh, has a lot of attack and I've got divine shields. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Okay. Sure. I mean, yeah. All right. Well, okay. There's, there's still a couple more three drops we want to mention. I Warden of Old, right? The three drop that gives you gold. Definitely mm-hmm. something if you pick it up early. We've seen games where Reno will hero power it super early and just use that two gold per turn to... Um, get a lot of hyper leveling tempo and things like that so th- that's a card um you can look at i've seen the games where you you have it with macaw right so you're macawing the gold and then you're getting more gold and then you got to utilize the gold efficiently to to do things rat pack was a, a minion that used to be really really popular really really good especially when it was on tavern three right but the tavern two but the, the change to tavern three is really you know kicked it kicked it down quite a quite a few notches you really only see it um, never. I mean, I really don't see this card anymore. Uh, only when you, you you're playing Deathwing or playing against a Deathwing, sometimes people pick it up just to have that value. But it generally hasn't been uh, too popular, too dominant in this meta uh, at the moment. So it's just kind of interesting how one change in Tavern Tier can really uh, change how you view a card and how strong it is. Um, so. I, th- I thought that was pretty interesting, pretty some something to discuss. And uh, the other, yeah, for sure. Yeah, go ahead. The other cards um, are more of a buffing variety. If you have an R type, then you use it to buff. You know, with Blood Sail, Cannoneer, Arcane Assistant, Colite Seer. Right? They're not cards that really stand on their own. They're really cards that uh, feel good once you have a composition, and then you can utilize them to make things better. So that that's what. Uh, tier three has a lot of uh, just supplemental cards, cards that feel good once you already are committed to a composition. So um, they're they're not really cards you look for on three uh, and 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 be happy about. You kind of look for once you have your board, and then you're like, oh, seer is great, navigator is great, cannoneer is great. You know, you got two hoggers, things like that. Houndmaster can be great. Uh, menace can be great menace can stand on its own sometimes uh i will admit it's one of those like tempo threes that has other value but a lot of the other ones are more supplemental i will use this to make my current composition better yeah and that's just a reminder on why you know you shouldn't be power leveling if mechs and dragons are out because your shops are going to be full of those oh these cards are great if i have a board full of pirates if i have a board full of murlocs if i have a beast that i can taunt and and you just don't want to play those cards uh, when your board is empty, obviously. Yeah, yeah, they're sure. they're a lot worse. Um, so that's that's the shady talks about this right leveling to three when the beasts and murlocs and not Max and Max and dragons. Right. Wow, that's beasts right. and murlocs. How did I get that? Max and, and dragons. Beasts and murlocs are out. That's what we love. Right? <laughs> Max and dragons are in because you you get a lot of those power tempo threes that you can really utilize to stabilize the game and then go from there. Where if those are out of the pool, you're getting more of those supplemental threes that can't stabilize and uh, it 
reduces your chance of really finding those key pieces to um, not take too much damage early. So uh, definitely a good uh, reminder about doing or keeping that in mind when you're leveling and playing the game. But I guess another one, like a small note on Cadgar, where while Cadgar is for the most part uh, a techie unit, something you play later in the game, there are, like, first of all, if you're Greybow and you have anything that spawns Deathrattle, Cadgar is pretty amazing because it will not just copy the already big, let's say your kindly grandma dies and it spawns a 4 4. Greybow's ability will proc a second time on the second grandma that spawns from the chat. So you will now have a six health uh, big bad wolf from the grandma. So early Cadgar on Greybow can definitely work. And, and sometimes if you're desperate, I, I know I have bad boards where I had two Acolytes and I'm just, oh, I guess I can add a Cadgar and these Acolytes are going to reborn and spawn two more taunts and you know, maybe it does something. So uh, I guess the, the cheesiest board I've, I've had was uh, two Bronze Wardens with two Cadgars. <laughs> and then every time a Bronze Warden dies, boop, you get two more. It's just... Uh, it they reminded me when... Um... Elystra, was that the name of the card? Was in the oh, game. Sorry. Yeah. Four, four. It was a seven seven. I we ah, I, I saw the games where someone had an early one or an early Elystra with two Cadgars and just like full board of seven seven tier six minions hitting you for like twenty six. Way too early in the game for it to be reasonable. And I was just like, this is not healthy. <laughs> At all. Yeah. So this reminded me of that but um yeah that's just our discussion on tier tier three units a lot of good ones uh if you can get it early if mechs and dragons are in the pool so um you know interesting tavern tier we'll see how the other tavern tiers shape up next thing we're talking about is mech lobbies versus non-mech lobbies we haven't really talked about um the differences between different minion types and how to play the game different right sometimes we'll We'll sprinkle in, oh, you know, if this is in the pool, this hero's worse. Or if this is in the pool, this hero's better. Or if this is in the, this is in the pool, this strategy's better, da-da-da, right? But we haven't really talked about, as a core, as a topic, what is the difference between not seeing murlocs and then seeing murlocs, or not seeing mechs and seeing mechs? And I think mechs is a good uh, one to branch or to start the discussion about, just because it's so... Um, it's so influential, I guess, right? You feel it when mechs are, are not in, whereas some of the other uh, minion types, when they're not in, sometimes you don't you don't even notice it. Like it's like, oh, you know, demons are not in. Ah, you know, <laughs> didn't didn't really notice it this game, yeah. You know, but mechs, you always notice because uh, I think mechs and murlocs are probably the two um, that you pretty much always notice, just because. Um, they can they can really adjust how you play your game, right? If you know there's no Murlocs, you can really um, do some compositions where you wouldn't really feel safe doing it because you know the instant Murloc punishes right there. But when they're not in, you 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 can uh, you can afford to have like a fifty fifty five hundred battle master and be like, ah, you know, what's the chance? <laughs> have an yeah. answer. <laughs> it's hard to be a win con, right? You yeah. can just have a. You know, like let's say you're building a huge molten rock or gar or something like that. You're like, well, 
Good luck dealing 500 damage here. I, I, I love how the topic is mechs lobbies, and then we're like, oh, Murlocs, let's talk yeah, about that. Sure. Well, I mean, free time, free time. Oh, man. All right. So, it, yeah, go for it. So, the way how I approach mech lobbies versus non mech lobbies. Uh, so for, for me, the way how I structure my games is, am I either going to try to high roll for a win or not? And I think any hero can high roll and win, but most most of the time it is um, a result of, you know, do you get to play your Maev? Do you get to play the Rafam? Do you get to play Hooktusk? And what these heroes have in common is very easy access to tier one pairs and tier one pairs are very easy to triple which then means very easy access to early five drops, early six drops. And that is how you scale and how you get ahead of the lobby, right? So that's what we mean with a high roll, early triple into a scaling unit, and you get so far ahead of the lobby that they cannot catch up. So what do you do then if you are not high rolling? For me, that recipe is, oh, I'm just going to stay on tier four and I'm going to just spam roll on tier four. What are some of the best units you're rolling for on tier four? Egg and module. That's one of the things that's so beautiful. If you get an arm, an egg, and a module, poof, that does so much work because you get a nine health divine shield taunt minion that will get enough attack to pretty much one-shot anything over the course of a few turns if you have one or two arms buffing it. And that option is just gone when mechs are out. So whenever I'm in a... I, I suppose whenever I'm in a non-mech lobby and I have the choice of picking my heroes, I start looking at, okay, which hero here does not need to spam on tier four? So let's say I'm playing a Kale Thass. Kale really likes to just go to tier four and then just like, ooh, I get you know this egg with an extra buff, or I get this deflecto with an extra buff. Um, Scam, Kazurak, <laughs> secret guy, right? Secret guy. Uh, loves mechs, loves tier four, loves to get a module on something, loves to just spam deflectos. Mukla, same thing, loves to just hard force taunt comp, loves to, and, and taunt comp is heavily hindered with the loss of module because Divine Shield and Taunt in one package makes it so much easier to get taunt comp off the ground. If you have to find a Divine Shield Elemental, find a Divine Shield Dragon, find an Argus, that's so much more work than just, ooh, module and arm, boom, ready to go, right? So I start looking at my heroes in a way, okay, which one of you can do without spamming on tier four. So then something like a Ysera might suddenly become more appealing because I know that there's less tempo in the lobby. There's less people spamming tier four and getting really strong early. And with Ysera, I can just make dragon pairs and then just get a Caligos and high roll. So I call them non-mech lobby games. I call them high roll games because I think in non-mech lobbies, most people, whether they know it or not, are going to try to just triple into fives and sixes as opposed to playing more tempo on tier four, just because tier four is a lot worse. So that's instinctively where, where I'm going at right now. If I see the no mech lobby, I'm going to try really hard to play something that can make uh, triples a lot easier. Something like Zephyrus would be a great example. Um, Ysera is a more low roll answer, but she becomes a lot better when the tempo heroes get worse. Like let's say something like a Rakanishu gets a ton worse if mechs are out. Whereas if mechs are in, that's actually a pretty solid tempo choice. Yeah, for me, um, when I have non-mechs, I'm always, you know, going to fight. <laughs> Almost. <laughs> I, I do notice that it's it's a lot of times when I stay on for it, uh, it's either taunt or mechs. 
And when mechs are gone, it's like, well, taunts gone. Mechs yeah. gone. <laughs> it, it really like encourages me to just you know get to five and, and see if I can find those compositions. So uh, I do notice um, it's it's a harder for me to stay on four. At least my ra- reasoning to if if mechs are gone, just because I lose a lot of the 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 pushes towards staying on four. Right? If I get like two deflectos. Sometimes I'm just like, I'm going taunt. I don't really care. It's a lot easier to play this than leveling and hoping that I hit something. So I just kind of let, let it work out. And sometimes, you know, mechs can definitely win lobbies, especially if you got an early double deflecto star and you, you have the have reset and things like that. So it's not, I don't feel bad about doing it, right? But when it's gone, right, it's a lot harder to just be like, ah, you know, I'll find like some type of, you know, Murloc or Dragon synergy on four and stay there. Um, so... Uh, that that is something I do notice, but in general, what what I do notice is that a lot of people don't have you know like uh, the uh, the divine shield amalgadons as easily, right? You'll, you'll see a lot of amalgadons without divine shield, and you're like, yeah, it's because they they can't put another um, modules on it and things like that. So it is something I do notice that there's there's a there's a lack of like that op nonsense at the end where people just have like double you know four reaper cleave or a magadon cleave i mean magadon divine shield poison right it's a lot harder you know you'll see a lot more like golden amalgadons when when i when mechs aren't there because people are like okay i can't i can't triple i mean i can't get divine shield any other way i guess i'll just combine them and then see if i i get it that way so i do notice that a little bit and just like more more um more failures <laughs> like more bad compositions right so sometimes i'll play i'll play games and then after the end of the game i was like wow that lobby was really weak and then i'll just look or and i'll say yeah there was no mechs in that lobby because people are trying right they're they're going for sixes and stuff like that they're not hitting it and then they're just like scrambling to find a comp on on tier five and they don't know what to do and then people just get like blown out right the one person that commits to like jugglers or or whatever just blows people out you're just like damn that that was a quick game and it's because like mechs give you a lot of like the tools to stabilize into that opness where um without the mechs a lot of people just like try and then if they don't hit stuff they don't know what to do right where if you if you go on if you go on and get get a bad six and you there's no mechs right you can't you can't really um transition as easily as you can of like oh i found an annoyal module i found the steeds i'll put that there i have got a got a good uh uh filler to make my composition right it's like okay i need to find like mama baron so i need to do all this all this stuff instantly and it's not um it's not a skill set that you practice uh, or can easily be practiced as well right where you you can't do like a practice tool where you're like okay i'm tier five no mechs in the lobby i have no composition let's let's figure it out right you there's no way to like put that as a as an option uh where you can practice over and over and over and over right where it's like you get good at it it's like okay this happens like one out of every like 20 30 plus games right so it's um, it's almost novel every time you see it, right? You're like, oh, I, you know, this is this is new to me because I I never get to practice this often. So, uh, it's just something that I see a lot that people uh, tend to struggle with, just dealing with uh, the lack of mechs, just because it, it's it's uh, it's not like the most powerful uh, minion type, but it's 
one of the most influential uh, whenever it's gone. Yeah, I think, the, I think you just want to be pair gaming a lot more. Like, if you want to just put I it mean, into I do it all the time. So just... Yeah, I mean, Collins doesn't feel it, right? At all. It's like, what do you mean now we're going to try for a six? We always try for a six. <laughs> <laughs> that has been the default game plan from the start, Shady. Yeah. No, for sure. It's a bit of a meme, but yeah, the way you play it is definitely less effective. Yeah. Uh, um, the, I, I, I end up becoming good at like reacting to like not having anything good because I'm so used to that. <laughs> like, oh, that didn't work out. Okay. How do I, how do I deal with this? Not this, this trash board. Right. So I practice that a lot just due to the way of how, how I play. So I end up being uh, good at seeing, oh, there's this one option here that you can do this. And then, you know, it, it works out for me, but it's not like, it's not something I recommend because, <laughs> you know, it, it, it can sometimes be frustrating because you're like, oh, if I only hit this or if I only rolled into this, th- would have been very easy. But since, uh, you know, I didn't hit it, I lose. You know, it's like uh, it, it feels very um, deterministic in that uh, if if you don't know how to recover, you, you, you feel like you're boiling your games out to this one specific point where, um, you know, it makes the game feel like more RNG, but once you get good at it, you you can realize, okay, I didn't hit what I I wanted. I can still recover, right? Like that's still an option in your head. Where sometimes if you you're not used to it, you're like, oh, I didn't hit what I I I got. I guess I lose, right? You hear that people say that sometimes, but I don't really think it, it's that um, it's that uh, hit or miss, or that it's that one variable. There's there's always little things you can do in between to increase your odds and things like that, even if you don't hit exactly what you want. Yeah, it's rare that you have a complete miss when you go for that triple. You know, you can off like I think gas coiler boats, those units are like one of the more like good examples where you can totally just be on five and just find something where right? yeah. you don't always need the super easy game where it's like, ooh, I realize that ooh, I've kind of goes for me. Just... Yeah make something happen while you feel strong yeah um is that is that all we want to talk about mech lobbies i i feel like there's more to talk about with this but yeah whatever we can uh i mean there's there's always a lot to cover that (laughs) i think we want to keep it somewhat simple and and most of all just actionable advice right so if you're in a non-mech lobby play a bit more for triples into fives and sixes because you want to get those scaling units as spamming on tier four is going to be a lot less reliable. No module, no egg, and just arm comp in general, a lot less, uh, you're ver- you're pretty much solely reliable on Argus and the Vine Shields when that happens. Yeah, that is true. That is true. All right. Um, next topic we shall be talking about is going all in. What does it mean? Why do we do it? What, what is where does it go? You know, I, that is a great picture. All right, make sure you watch this on YouTube, guys. <laughs> you say that every week, and you should do it every week. You know, definitely. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I, I think it. Um, it's one of those like um, concepts that I guess you don't need. Uh, in terms of like on an average game, you don't necessarily have to sell 
your you know your 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 uh, your light fang or whatever, and then you know go put it in. But once you get into higher brackets, it's definitely it, it becomes a core concept. So it's a concept that you don't need initially. You know you can you can win games without doing this at all. Right. But then as you climb, you'll notice like more people doing it and it being like the sole reason they win. Right. I've definitely seen a number, like quite a bit of games that boils down to, oh, they had one more bubble than I did. That was the only reason they beat me here or they won that last battle. Right. And and then and then I look at my board and there's a brand on this in my in my word band and just like, huh. <laughs> I wonder if I could have done anything different, you know, but I didn't, so I lost. Uh, but uh, it, it generally refers to a concept of getting rid of your uh, your scaling, essentially your um, your flexibility, your um, your your um, the units that you're using to make your board stronger, but isn't strong in itself, and replacing that with some type of counter counter card or uh the bubble card the uh positioning card you know whatever you know sometimes it's zap sometimes it's selfless sometimes it's a ghoul those type of minions that you don't want all all the time you don't want in every match right like do i want to play a zap in every single match no do i want to <laughs> do i want to ghoul every single time no but there are some specific windows where is ghoul really good here yes your opponent is playing max your opponent is george your opponent is running uh scam pirates your opponent has a sport etc etc right selfless is like almost universally not bad like there's there's really a hard um it's hard to say oh this extra bubble is bad for me here right so it's 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 the um universal i can always put this in and feel good especially if it's golden selfless right a lot of people keep selflessness in their hand and wait for it to be golden then use it at the very end to put a put two bubbles on the board right and um you know zaps as well right if you're playing against people running barons if you're playing against um people running small like units that you need to kill that aren't easy to deal with otherwise then zaps can do really well there so it's those little things that you're selling you're selling your scaling right you're selling your light fang it means that oh i can't make my board stronger anymore but i'm gonna have a better chance of winning the final battle the next battle the next two whatever it takes to win that lobby so that's kind of how i look at it i think that sums it up nicely um like one one other thing that's really easy you have your selfless but you can also just use spore or max now depending on right what type of composition the opponent's running um if, if you know they're just big minions but you know let's say mech that's awful to add spore or max now because they just have shields and a lot of the time it will be deflectos which then regain the shield and, and poisons obviously not very good running into a shield but if you know that they are say straight up menagerie and mechs are out for instance right and you know there's no module then a lot of the time that poison unit might just go into a 40 health minion and you're like mm, that spore is pretty good here so that's another units or you know one or two units you can add when you feel like you need it i i think that um the first step is to realize okay this is probably the last fight of the game keeping the slide fang on his brand is probably a bad idea uh seeing as if i win this round the game's over yeah. so that's that's sort of the first step on your uh learning process the 
more advanced uh, play is when it's a top four or maybe even top five situation, but you cannot take another hit. You know you're going to die if you lose that fight and you have a reasonable read on your opponent that they're really strong. That's when <clears throat> really good players can take average games into the top four where more beginners or intermediate players, they falter because they feel like they cannot sell the brand because the game's not over yet. But then the really good player will say, well, I cannot scale if I'm dead either. So I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna just all in here, even though it's top five, it's, you know, I might have two or three more rounds after this. I just, you know, I have to be as powerful as I can be here. And that means sell the Light Fang or, you know, a lot of the time the Light Fang, you can still make an argument. Well, you know, it's like, plus eight plus eight or plus 10 plus 10 to my board. So you really look at, you know, like, oh, I have a buff slot that I can still fill up. And then maybe the next turn you sell the Light Fang, right? Um, but especially with Bran, when you're going into the round, the Bran is done, right? The Bran doesn't do anything anymore. So a lot of the time it's just sell the Bran for the Spore, sell the Bran for the Maxna, uh, sell the Bran for the Selfless and play a Baron and just try to get some more shields, like Colin says. And and that's that's something, that's a small thing, but it really allows you to take those mediocre games where you said oh come on i was scaling so well and this guy was so strong uh but if you had got on then you could have maybe not won the fight but you could have survived by taking less damage or you could have tied or something like that <clears throat> and that's that's really nice when you're climbing to squeeze out those positive mmr games uh, out of games where normally you would have taken like a minus 20 minus 40 hit yeah i remember one game we were playing right and i was I, I don't know if we were playing dragons or elementals and I was like, oh, well, just continue scaling. And you were like, no, 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 get the, get the finisher. You got to kill him now. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, it's fine. You're like, okay, whatever. And then we barely lose, right? I mean, <laughs> and I was I like, didn't say anything. Huh, I didn't say anything. <laughs> huh, maybe I should have, you know, maybe I should have went all in. <laughs> You just looking at me with disappointment. I was like, "Yeah, okay, I got you, Shay." <laughs> but yeah, uh, you know, it happens to all of us here. Well, maybe not Shay, but it happens to nah, all I mean, of us. Yeah. You know, sometimes it, you really look at it like, "Hmm, do I really need to sell my light tag? Probably not, right?" And then something really stupid happens. You're like, oh, "I should have sold the light tag. Why did I sell the light tag?" Yeah, like so I'm not gonna take twenty, right? And then you take twenty yourself. Oh God, no. It happens for sure. Yeah, but it's definitely a good concept you want to use, especially um, when you're learning these things, just to be able to identify when can I get be as strong as possible to increase my chances of winning, right? Sometimes that's not versus one when you're one versus two sometimes that's when you're three versus four right if you beat the third place guy you know there's no chance of being the first place guy and that uh that might be the difference between ending fourth or ending second right so uh there there are there are different windows of going all in and it it, it, it essentially can be the difference between you know two placements three placements sometimes so uh it's def definitely a good concept uh, that you can utilize in in all of your games if you you know feel it's necessary and you you like selling your brand selling minions that you've had for the whole game you're selling your mama bear <laughs> you know it's like how could you you know but yeah you know, sometimes it's necessary you know you need the selfless bubble or zap or whatever yeah it, it happens not too sad all right next thing we're talked about here is arana elementals you know i'm still just 
it's just Kira name just you know quick aside I keep wanting to say Ariana but uh Ariana you know that's, <laughs> that's what I want to say but uh apparently it's wrong you know apparently who who would have guessed anyways um I think this is a good here well good hmm. this is a viable hero when the right situations arise and you get a good start um definitely i think shay has been um the one between the two of us has played it a little bit more and probably has um a much more um overarching disc, uh, view of of the hero but uh i do think it it is viable but you can uh kind of show us how yeah. it's done so to, to start things off, if, if we look at uh, HS replay average placements uh, on uh, 12K plus, uh, on tier two, we've got something like Graybo, Alec here, Finley, and then it's Arana. Um, so like she's up there, right? Like not too far below, say, a Millhouse or a Baroff, just like a matter of five places or so. So she does, she does get played and she does gain MMR on average uh, most of the time. <clears throat> The uh, the nuts is when you have a no Murloc lobby and elementals are in, and then potentially also beasts and uh, demons. So the beasts and demons thing is a small thing that you shouldn't pay too much attention to. It's um, Saralisk plus Wrathweaver is the replacement to the elemental spam. But for the vast, especially when you're learning Arana, you're totally fine to just assume that you're going to be playing elementals because the vast majority of Arana games are elemental games. So how do you start things off? The first thing is, OK, what's in my first chop? How am I going to uh, start off the game? Believe it or not, it's super viable to just roll three times with Arana if you don't get a desirable minion. So yeah, when I did call him, like, for real? <laughs> We're throwing, right? We're not doing it. Shady's just, yeah. uh, but one of the desirable minions would be uh, tokens, pretty much, because tokens would allow you to double buy on five gold. If you don't get a token, then it's super fine to just roll three times. Then on four gold, we level up, like pretty much every other hero. Um, that doesn't reform curve. And then on five gold, depending on what you had, uh, that's where it starts to be a little tricky, right? Where there's options. <clears throat> so if you have rolled three times on three gold, that means that on five gold, you're only two rolls away from activating Arana's hero power, which means that on five gold, you roll two times and you buy one minion for a total of five gold spent. You're targeting Molten Rock and Party Elemental. Those are the essential units for the composition, also referred to as Party Rock, right? Party Elemental, Molten Rock. And pretty much what you're doing, the, the very basics is you buy Elementals, you play them, you sell them. That's that's how it is. And, I can and do, do that. Yeah, right. It's like, oh, I just just. And then you're you're trying to keep. I ideally, right, you would get two golden party elementals, two golden molten rocks, and then you'd have you know a buff slot and two additional slots. Now there's a lot of extra good supporting units that you can add. Something like Arm of the Empire is amazing because molten rock is going to have a lot of health but not a lot of damage. And Armor of the Empire solves that. If you can triple for a four drop, Major Domo is probably the best triple just because you spam so many elementals with this strategy that you just gain a ton of free stats by having Major Domo on your board. 
earlier today, I had a first place game with Irana where I, well, I had a really, really good set of pulls there, but um, the champion of Yashiraj was one of my triples. And that thing scales like mad behind a huge molten rock. So that's one of the better tri uh, triples as well. And then, of course, you can just do gold grubber. So usually my Arana wins or my Arana really good games. The first one is Murloc's Rat. So stats are going to matter a lot more because poison is going to be a lot harder to come by. <clears throat> and the other one is I get to triple in something that gives me a threat other than the molten rocks. Because usually when you're playing party rock, you're going to have, you know, like, okay party elementals, but they're going to be like 2020s at best. It's really the molten rock that has all the power, has all the health, all the damage. So if you can then get uh, additional threats like Gold Grubber, like Champion of Yashiraj, you don't just die when they deal with your one big threat. The... Um, the way you get around the poison units as well as to uh, introduce additional taunts. So a naked module or just, you know, tripling into an Argus and taunting your party raw, uh, your party elementals. It's going to mean that if they do get a spore, if they do get a maxna, it doesn't just 100% target your molten rock. So that's another little tip where if you get a bigger board, uh, you can add extra taunts and then if that spore goes into any other taunt in the molten rock it's usually a win that turn because that will be a very common strategy people employ against tirana oh I'm, a, oh I'm up against tirana let me just buy the spore put it in first and there's a good chance it kills the molten rock yeah other than that it's your uh yeah go ahead Something interesting that uh, I'm noticing while you're talking is that you're not really talking about adding other elementals in the pool in, into the the selection yes. what you're actually talking about is adding different threats that are not elementals you so you didn't talk about cyclone right which i think a yeah. lot of people think about when you're doing ariana oh, triple i'll put cyclone right and i think that's interesting because you, you end up diluting those party rock buffs right into the For cyclones sure. uh, instead of the molten rocks instead of finding other threats that skill independently from the elemental scaling, right? That's why the champion, uh, the gold grubbers are good, right? Because they're scaling independently. So you can focus those elemental buffs from the party elemental onto the molten rocks, making them a threat, while also having other units that are also scaling side by side. Where if you're picking up cyclones, if you're picking up the 7-4, the wildfire, right? You're, you, when you play elementals, you're diluting those elemental buffs i think that's interesting that i did not i've haven't thought about consciously until you talked about it here where it it it, it makes sense when you're looking for a tier when you're you get the triple and your tavern two you get a tier four right instead of looking for you know a wildfire and picking that up and buffing right looking for champions looking for uh, gold grubber so that you could use those to scale independently and have those elemental buffs concentrated on those multis which have that huge health and stat buffs so that's that's a cool uh thing well, you know. th those are the good games right uh, it does <laughs> it does happen of course that you pull you pull an early cyclone and it's not like a movie like oh cyclone get it out of my sight right. buffing divine shields not in my stream <laughs> all right uh, no of course uh, you, you still play it you still buff it but in the ideal scenario, you get 
just huge molten rocks and then you just add the self scalers right the the grubber the the champion they're uh, they're a great addition to the team yeah. uh, a good question, right, is like, when do you level the three, right? When is it worth it? Usually you want to maximize the time you stay on two because that's where the party elemental and the molten rock are the easiest to find. Once we level the three, we introduce a bunch of new minions into the pool and Arana does not benefit. Uh, well, on three, you don't introduce new shop slots normally, yeah. but Arana... Um, let's say going to forward, it does nothing for the shop because uh, all the slots, because Arana already has maximum shop slots. So it's totally fine to just stay on two until you either really want to use your triple for a four drop for the units we just mentioned, the Grubber, the Champion, the Major Domo, or if you just have what you need, which is, hey, I've got my two golden parties and I've only got one rock and I don't think I've got enough time to you know, build another golden molten rock, you can just level and say, let's just hit Arm of the Empire. Let's hit any of the other elementals. Uh, that's that's totally fine as well, especially when the level starts to become really cheap when it's hovering around two, one. Sometimes I'll even wait until it's zero if I'm not satisfied with the amount of party elementals I've seen. So, but yeah, ideally, if you can get two golden parties, two golden molten rocks, you're totally fine the level after that. Sometimes, well, in most cases, you're going to get two golden copies of one and one golden copy of the other. It's only in the really, you know, the super solid games where everything just comes to you naturally. You're going to get two golden parties, two golden rocks. But usually you're you're totally fine. It's the party elementals. That's the really big engine. Um, that's the party one you really want to chase. Yeah. If you can get the two golden parties, you can you can deal with two golden parties and only one rock. Only one golden party and two rocks is a bit more difficult, then you're really going to want Arm of the Empire triple to make sure that those Molten Rocks have sufficient damage. That's that's good advice. I mean, that's good. Uh, I think it's a comp uh, that not a lot of people play, right? Just because it feels weird, especially they don't play it like you. I, I, I rarely see people like roll turn one, right? So it, it, it definitely has a potential, right? Even playing it normally, um, just want to throw it out there, right? Just for the people that you know don't like doing things different, right? I want to do things normal every time, right? You can play it normally. It's a lot harder to utilize the um, Arana hero power when you're playing it normally because you just don't you don't roll early. You really don't roll uh, until you're like Tavern Four. That's really when you start rolling like organically when you're not um, rolling early. So uh, it 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 makes you wonder why do you pick this hero. Uh, if you're not going to utilize the hero power in any tangible way, right? And and you see a lot of people just uh, committing to the party elemental strategy and doing well with it, winning games with it. So I definitely um, advise to at least consider um, a more, you know, low-level elemental focus composition. I, I did see a game recently, uh, just a couple of days ago, where someone... Uh, was like second with um, beast beasts uh, uh, sorrowless scaling right he had yeah. he he started with like two sorrowless that I fought him super early he had two sorrowless and then uh, the next time I fought me had like five or something sorrowless right and that was good enough I couldn't even beat him the next time I was like oh, I lost to that <laughs> you know? that's how I felt but yeah it, it's fine um, but yeah definitely um, uh, 
can be a very powerful uh, hero if you get the good if you get a good start and you're able to adapt to whatever uh, they give you and it, really it's not a hero that needs a lot of adapting right once you have seven board slots right that's so many options of hitting the pieces you need so uh, it, it almost becomes easier because you have a lot of uh, chances of hitting uh, whatever you want so definitely uh, interesting hero very fun uh to play whenever you get those you get those really nice starts right like anytime you can turn your brain off oh, good this is a hero you get a good start you can turn your brain off you know just just you know, elemental 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 da, 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 da. go from there and uh it's always fun when i get to do that kind of thing so yeah funny hero uh definitely wanted to talk about it uh whenever we can and um believe our last topic of the day is a what 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 are our thoughts on a casual bg mode right like uh what um is it is it good is it bad you know what is the uh what are our opinions on it personally for me i think it would make sense right bgs kind of are especially with um with perks right how perks are implemented right you can't really go and make a new account and be like, oh, this will be my casual BG account, right? It's It doesn't work because you're, you're playing without perks and that's a huge, uh, it's a huge drawback because if you wanted to practice heroes and things like that, it's so much harder to be able to say, oh, I'm going to practice Rafam when you only have two options out of four, right? You 50%, right? You have to play 50% more games, essentially, you know, that's, that's you know, that, the, the math is probably wrong, but... Uh, just just to have that same chance of hitting um, the hero that you want to practice and things like that, right? But uh, when you're playing on your main, right, and you're like, oh, there's a new hero. I want to try it, right? Sometimes I'm streaming and I'm like, oh, yes, play the new hero. You know, oh, play the new hero. And I'm just like, no, <laughs> I can't do this to myself, you know? But if there was a casual mode, I could, you know, I could play a couple games, see the new hero, see the new uh, minions whenever they're added you know, just full try it and see um, how strong they can be if I can make things work and, and things like that, right? So it, it reduces the ability to really experiment, right? You you essentially have to make eight-person lobbies, right? Like, th that's really the only way uh, I'm thinking. Well, I guess technically five-person lobbies, but no, the game would be different if you had, if it wasn't full eight, right? But then you're... Like if you're playing with eight lobbies, it's it's not the same. Comp you know, it's not the same. Comp like people are just gonna meme, you know, just cause like they don't care, right? Where if you're playing like normal BGs, right, people are still gonna try to win, right? They might meme more, but they're gonna try to win at the end of the day, right? And 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 things like that. So it, it's 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 even not the same, even if you were able to make your own lobby. So um, it just kind of um, it hurts, right? It it kind of. Reminds me of what I was talking about earlier, right? Practice mode where being able to be at tier five and not have a board and see if you can make a composition from there, right? With the options you're given, right? There's there's not a lot of good ways to practice except grinding day out on your MMR and like, you know, dealing with the, the MMR swings on your mental and things like that. If you wanted to practice something specifically, right? It, it's really it's really tough to do that. So I, I would love to... Uh, see right i think what they always uh, argue is that oh it would switch it would um 
it would mess with the player base, right? You'd, you'd have a, you'd split the player base, right? But we've seen it in wild. We've seen it in constructed, right? They have wild, they have classic, they have ranked, they have, you know, they have so many different uh, game modes and, you know, you, you, you find games in all of them. It's not like you, uh, there's a dead game mode, right? You know, it, it's, there are games in every single mode, right? Cause people find uh, things they like, they find ways to utilize those modes. So, I don't think it would be that big of a drawback, especially you know nowadays, right? We we know BGs is consistent. There's a large player base, right? It's, it's not. It's never difficult to find games, no matter what region you're in. Uh, so I, I don't think it would be too big of a drawback to introduce that kind of thing. But that's my initial thoughts. You know, you can uh, definitely follow up sure, on. Sure. It. Yeah, it's 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 obviously just uh, from person to person. I really like it. I don't really. I would not be opposed to it, but I wouldn't really be interested. You wouldn't use it, yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I I think you don't. So I I like to play to get uh, practice, and of course, right. Um, some other people like to just play and say, oh, let's do it for the memes. And I think uh, for that kind of player base, it's a lot more. Uh, it makes a lot more sense because you can try to just you know hyper level to five, and if it doesn't work out, whatever. You don't tank a minus one hundred. Um, I I like to play and get some quality practice in and. If there's no MR on the line, people just aren't going to play the way they usually play. You know, if only it's slightly more off or they try some more crazy stuff and all that. Uh, so I, I think that will sort of compromise the game where it's it's not good quality practice and it might even make you worse at the game if you've been practicing in normal and then like, oh, this is going really well. I'm going to take it to ranked and then you get smashed there because people are, you know, they're not messing around anymore. <laughs> So, yeah, it's like, wow, everybody has a lot of stats on their board this game. That's crazy, right? What happened to all those power levels? Uh, I guess uh, another concern voiced in chat is that if there's no MMR on the line, you get a bad hero pack, you're like, oh, I'm out of here. Man, I'm not playing. <laughs> and then well, then so fix goals, the heroes. Right? That's a different problem, right? Sure, That's right, right, right. <laughs> you know, like, given the current state of the game, you don't get your Maev, you don't get your Afam, you don't get your Jandis, or, you know, there's no tokens, and you're like, whatever, concede, go next, I don't want to play this crap. So the amount of ghosts in the current information <laughs> of the game would be just... <laughs> I, think uh, I can standard, actually see that. Right, that, yeah, that your standard would be at the very minimum one ghost per lobby, right, where someone went like, well, fuck this shit, I'm not playing that, <laughs> I'm out. Or, you know... You open the shop, no token, I'm out. You know, like, how far can you push this, right? <laughs> what? Not a triple? I'm off, dude. What the hell? I didn't triple. <laughs> Only one tight under Bob? Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, so, I don't know. It seems like it's it's nice in theory, but there's some practical implementation things we got to think about. Uh, I mean... That doesn't really happen in other, you know, in other game modes, but I could... Like in other like games of the similar genre, right? But I could definitely see them in battlegrounds where people are yeah. like, you know what, I'm not playing these heroes. You know that that it feels more of a discussion of the heroes and how strong like tokens sure. are, more than the the casual game mode, right? But I, I definitely can see it in this current uh, in this current state of BGs, right? If if they were to add a casual, I could definitely see a lot of players. Um, you know, just leaving if they don't get what they want, essentially. Where, uh, you know, if if uh, all the heroes were like fun to play or at least a little bit balanced, right? You could see people would be more willing to try out 
heroes out there don't play right but sometimes yeah. when you pick a hero you don't see a possibility of winning right and if if those if you have four heroes of that then you're like uh, i'm out you know i'm already eighth i'm just not gonna play it out you know <laughs> yeah and and also having ghosts in the lobby changes the game so much right it would be hard to get um good practice in that environment where every unless you know you're playing you're practicing getting ghosts you know then yeah, hey maybe sure. that's good practice there right but if if that's not what you're trying to do and it probably won't be for many people it would be tough to um keep people in the games especially when they don't feel there's any reason to stay right just go and look for a different hero or the hero that you want what if you could choose the hero Oh man, in 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 normals, right? That would be very different, right? Like, yeah, just, yeah. But then you'd get the metas where it would just be seven people with the same hero, right? No, and then no, no. one person you, is cat or something. You would you would just join a queue, right? Where you can't be placed in a game where everyone has the same hero, right? So then oh. you would just be in a, you'd be in a forty-five minute jam this. <laughs> Well, probably not right but you know like whatever is the more popular mode <laughs> i see what you're saying yeah like fuck it everyone wants to play i I, <laughs> so. I would love i i'd rather just have like five genesis in the lobby. yeah <laughs> just go crazy, right? go crazy it's already it's already a bit of a crazy mode if if, even... if that was normals i would play that i would you know just to practice heroes and stuff like that like yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah then then I, I could see that actually. Yeah. I think that I think that would greatly reduce the number of ghosts per game. You would still yeah. have people that yeah. would be like triple, well, not a brand, I'm out, right? But yeah. um, at least then you're a little bit more invested in the game. Yeah, and you right? can practice whatever hero you want, right? Like if the new hero comes out, okay, I'll just play it, you know. And normals, okay, it didn't work out. Well, now we know, right? Where everyone yeah, was sure. Janice, but me, <laughs> you know, <laughs> doesn't work in that lobby. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't think that will be too crazy of of a thing but that that would open the door immediately to some more uh special game modes where you just say oh you know once we open a door to everyone can be the same hero what else can we do right like i just have earth mode baby yeah i was thinking exactly that i was thinking well you know league has earth where you just be like well what if you gain two gold per turn instead of one gold right what if leveling would be cheaper what yeah, if custom you know, settings for bgs man would be so, so you could have these yeah, insane, yeah. or you could have game modes where like everybody starts on tavern six let's yeah. go right let's so just like, let's just uh manually choose which minions we want in the games like no no blacksmith you know no amalgadon <laughs> you know only caligos nadina that's the, <laughs> the only six sounds like oh man sounds like a good time anyways all right. Yeah. We we talked about casual versus ranked, but we've introduced you know a little wrinkle. There are more things besides that. You know, different game modes would be interesting for BGs. Maybe that'll be a different topic, uh, one day. But um, just um, just wanted to you know wanted to address it. Just um, the nature of not having any way to really practice uh, or or do anything specific. You just have to grind ranked if you want to learn 
the game well right and if you if you're new and you want to you know just you want to dabble a little bit right because sometimes when you're with a new account right those first games actually matter quite a bit uh in terms of um how easily the rest of your climb is if you lose like five games in a row when you make a new account the the rest of the climb becomes quite a, a lot harder uh funny enough just because of how they uh uh what attributes they put to your your skill and your mmr and how how it how climbing becomes so it it, it can be tough you know if you're just a new player and you're you're jumping in and everyone else is just like destroy you right and you, it takes you like 20 30 games before you start like learning the meta right then the climb becomes a lot difficult just because um you know your mmr is already like in negatives <laughs> you know you're negative 100 or a thousand you're just like yeah so yeah it, it's gonna be rough right so uh i just wanted to you know talk about it a little bit just see a discussion but you know i think we had a, a good 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 discussion here good fun and uh, i think that shall be it for us this week i think it was a great episode a lot of fun stuff a lot of interesting discussions about bgs um i've been having been having fun i've been also playing a little bit of um arena just uh dabbling just to see how it is it's been fun for me as well just uh in general just seeing the new cards and, and whatnot but arena i mean backgrounds generally you know my go-to just because it's been so consistent it's always fun and there's always heroes i haven't played too much of the uh the new heroes you know i played just a couple of games but i still feel like there's more i could learn with those heroes and and just looking at their results they haven't been too bad right i think they're both like hook test is you know better but wag toggle hasn't been like too far behind it's it's playable for sure so uh, i th- i think there's definitely a lot to learn when just to see you know how far you can take it but generally that's been my uh experience but you know i appreciate you guys for listening appreciate shady for you know being here always consistent day in day out you know all that good stuff and uh uh you know you can find us on twitch or youtube or twitter and all that good stuff but any any closing any closing thoughts no i had a great fun was great episode and you know collins does put in the work every week to make sure we have these nice you know smooth you know like uh graphics on the stream so Definitely happy, but uh, I pretty much just have to come on every week and talk about a game that I'm passionate about. So yeah, uh, uh, must be nice. Super nice. Yeah, it must be nice for sure. Yeah, it is. It's actually quite good. Mm-hmm. All right. So thanks to Collins to making sure that everything keeps running here. So yeah. Another thing, um, I've put the the podcast on more platforms. Um, I remember someone was talking about. It was Apple Podcast or something, and I I didn't have it on there, so I uh, sent it on as well as like uh, Pandora and a bunch of other like little platforms I could find, iHeartRadio, all that stuff. So if you couldn't find it before, maybe take a look, see if it's in your favorite podcast directory of your choice, and uh, if there's not, let me know and I'll see if I can add it on there just for you. So you know. We'll see. Just take another look if you couldn't find it before. It might be there now. So that's a last little update, I guess, for everyone there. But that shall be it for us this week. Thank you for having me. And we'll see you guys next week.